Today's Bad was dedicated to Ilui Nishmat Benjamin Ben Hasibe. I think that's how you pronounce it. Okay? Bezat Hashem in the Zechut of the Limuda Torah and the Zechut of the Tzedakah, the Neshama Shahavan Ali. So we're over here in Madregas HaOdom in the section called Bir Hamidis. And we're up to chapter 7, Parag Zion. <coughs> and uh, the Madrigas Odom, the Alta from Navarik, is going to explore something very deep in the Koiches HaNefesh HaOdom and how we make decisions in life. Very, very deep stuff, but we have to develop it. Okay? Everything has to be built clearly. You got it, Yehuda? Very clear, we have to build things up very clear. Now, in the beginning of the parak, the altar from the Vardic shows us a difference between two types of human beings. There's a human being that's open to constructive criticism. He's open to hear that he possibly made mistakes. And when you have that quality, where you recognize that you're not a perfect person, and uh, you understand that the point in life is to grow, and to fix your midot, and you're very open to hear things, that type of person will accept criticism, even in a situation where the thing he did wasn't actually wrong, but it could have been done in a better way. For example, he brought down David HaMelech. David HaMelech with the Maiser, with Uriah Chiti and Basheva. It's a whole story in Tanakh. I'm not going to go through the whole story. But basically, Uriah Chiti was a murdered uh, by Malchus. And David HaMelech had him killed by putting him in the front lines. And he married Basheva. Okay? And the Gemara says that David HaMelech did not sin. Yet, when Nosan Hanovi came to give him rebuke, David HaMelech said, I sinned. What was the sin? He didn't sin, Lamaisa. So being that David HaMelech did it in a very tricky, roundabout way, instead of killing him directly as a murdered B'Malchus, sent him to the front lines, it looked a little uh, shaky. And since it was done in a way that a Chilul Hashem could come from it, David HaMelech was maskim chatati l'ashav. Good. Why? Because David HaMelech was so open to grow and so open to the understanding that people don't always see their flaws and that David HaMelech, if he doesn't do a maisa that's nucky, that's completely clean, be'ene b'nei odem also, that's going to be a chil Good. Now we know that Shol HaMelech did a chet when he was supposed to kill out Amalek. And he didn't do a perfect job and the Novi came to him, Shmuel HaNovi came to him and he gave him rebuke. And Shaul HaMelech didn't say right off the bat, I sinned. He tried to justify himself. Now, of course Shaul HaMelech was a massive tzaddik, massive, massive tzaddik. So why by David HaMelech was he willing to admit right away. And by Shaul HaMelech, it took time. 
So it's not really easy for us to say a pshat. But I saw by Rabbi Per, you know, our Rabbi Per, as far as a big man. And he's a Nevarika. Nevarika means he's a, from this mishpocha, from Nevarik, where he's a bucky and terrorist Nevarik. And we're learning the altar from Nevarik. He says a chidush, but I think that the, whether that's pshat and shol or not, the Chiddush has a tremendous truth to it in the Koiches HaNefesh HaOdom. Okay? It says regarding Shaul HaMelech that Shaul HaMelech was like a one-year-old child when it came to sin. The Goyim talks about this. The difference between Dovid HaMelech and Shaul HaMelech. They were very different people. The Goyim explains, we see that Shaul HaMelech did one Avera and he lost his kingdom. David Amelech did two Averis and he didn't lose his kingdom. So what's the difference? So the Goyim says a very deep thing. Everybody said this is a big Yisoyed. Big Yisoyed in life. He says that Shaul Amelech was a very pure person. And he was given in his marshal, the Goyen's marshal, he says he was given a pony to ride. His Yetzirah is like a pony. His goof is like a pony. Go slowly, softly, you put your little kid on a pony, right? So to fall off a pony once, it's a tiny. But David HaMelech was given a wild bronco to tame. His Yetzirah was so strong that it was like a wild bronco. If you fall off the wild bronco twice, no, no. It's a very deep yisoyed in general in Avayas Hashem. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu works with the person according to what he is. So Kifi, what he is, one person, one nefila may be considered a big thing. And for another person, two nefilas may not be so big. So it says Rabbi Peir that Shola Melech was a pure person. He never sinned. He had a pony, like the Goyen says, right? So, this is a very deep yisoyed. When a guy who's a goody-goody, you know, his whole life is a good boy, always follows the rules, never does anything wrong, and everybody recognizes that, and then when he does something wrong, it's hard for him to accept that he has a flaw. And therefore, his first instinct is going to be to try to see it, that his way of operating his whole life has not changed. So it's harder for him to makab. David HaMelech, his whole life, is dealing with a Yetzirah, Shver Yetzirah. He knows it's very easy for him to fall. He's dealing with it constantly. There's just this tremendous battle. So Mamela is more open and more receptive to hear that he made a mistake. That's what Rabbi Peir says. But in general, whether that's the pshat between Shol and David HaMelech, we have to know in the human nature it's like that. It's clearly in the human nature. People that have a, they're good guys and good kids and always well behaved and, you know, they've been complimented for it. They know they're good kids, but they are human beings, and the mice of human beings have flaws at the end of the day. 
It's harder for them to hear that they made a mistake or they're wrong or they have a flaw in their character. It's much harder for them to hear that. And that plays a role in a marriage, plays a role in chinuch of children. You have to be aware of that. It doesn't mean that they don't want to accept the truth. It just means that it's much harder for them to accept the truth because it it challenges their entire self-image. It's a very deep yesoyim. Because they don't look at it like they're still a perfect person or a good person and a flawless person, but they made a mistake. It doesn't change the whole image. But it's much easier for them to feel that way. So you have to be very careful how you bring that flaws up to them. Kids that were always troublemakers, you know, and they're struggling constantly, and they do fall, and they're aware of that, they don't have that self-image of themselves. They're much more accepting to say, I made a mistake. Obviously, they have to be mature and they have to want to grow and whatever. And much easier to hear that. So when you have one day when you guys have yeshivas, Hashem, when you're married, Hashem, you're going to marry girls that were very good their whole life. Or when you have children, right? You're going to see you have different children with different tchunas hanefesh. You have to be aware of this reality. That some people, because the fact that they're always good, that it's hard for them to hear that they did something wrong because that challenges their whole self-image. There are people that have this issue anyway. Meaning, the way they translate mistakes, averot, they translate it as a pircha on their whole self-image. And they suffer from a lot of guilt and a lot of pain and a lot of shame which has a lot of negative effects. That's a sugi in itself. But I just wanted to bring that point out. That's what Repair says in his Vadim on Sefer Madrigas Ha'odam. Okay? Now, in contrast, the Madrigas Ha'odam brings Avimelech. Okay? So being that this is Negea to the Parsha, we'll go into it. I don't know if we're going to have time today to go into that deeper part of the Perak where he discusses how people make life's decisions. Very important in understanding in the oimik of koiches ha-nefesh ha-odam. It's good to know yourself a little bit and then you'll know how to deal with yourself. Okay? Maskim? Okay. So he says like this. <clears throat> we have this story where uh, we find by Avimelech kishelokach eishas avrom where he takes Sarah eshet avram. You are going to die for what you did by taking this man's wife. Omar Avimelech justifies his behavior. And he says, What I do wrong? Give back the Aishas Ishkinavihu. So the altar says something very deep in this conversation he picked up. He says, at this point, he wasn't getting an onish for taking her. Hashem only threatened him to, to die if he doesn't give her back. But not for the original taking. That's his deed. If 
If he would give Sarah back, he wouldn't get punished for what he did. But rather, he's saying, because the whole Cheshmer, he proves that, El HaKochach HaShaloya Muchla Begedo Oyna Shalom Betoy Chashro Sh'oid HaBrer B'Yodicho He was warning him. You still have a choice. If you keep her, you'll die. If you give her back, you won't. Alright? Now, so if Hashem told him, listen, it's someone's wife. Give her back. If you don't, you will die. So what's he answering? What I deserve to die. If Hashem wanted to punish him on what he did. So he could say, why are you punishing me for what I did? I didn't know. I'm an innocent man. I was clueless. The guy he told me, Achoisi. Okay, I hear. But he's medayik from the psukim that Hashem is not punishing him for what he did. He's punishing him if he doesn't give her back. So what's the taina, Goigam Sadiq? Why is that a taina? Heir of Kasha, Lati, the Messiah. He gave your father a lot of nachas last night. So he says, What's the pshat? It was arguing with Hashem. He shouldn't be chayiv misa even if he doesn't give her back. Why? Because he says, my sister. How am I supposed to know the truth? Listen, if you don't give her back, you are going to die. All your tainas and all your excuses... And all your justifications will not help you. Okay? So what does he pull out from here? person who is not interested in seeing the truth, even if Hashem himself comes to the person, he still argues with Hashem. Unbelievable. And now he continues. Watch what he says. Avram, Avram explains to Avimelech why he did what he did. He says, Rak en yirat Elohim bamakom al devarishti. He says, I noticed in this place there's no Yuras Hashem. Since you are not working with Yerush Hashem to constantly see, if you have Yerush Hashem, you'll always be, you won't be so confident in yourself. You will think before you do anything or respond or react to see if your Midas are playing a role in the wrong way. Since I see you don't have Yerushalayim, 
Hagam shimedinos choyosim toiv mishal pare. Even though you have a better country than Paro. Kisham hem shetufe zima. By Paro they were shetufe zima. And by you, you have Derech you have a good country, civilized country. If you're lacking in Be'er Hamidis, and the proof is, when a guest comes to town, you don't ask him about his wife first. You ask him about other things first. Ask him if you're hungry, you have a place to sleep, what do you plan on doing for a living over here? First question you ask about his wife, what's up with that? Right? So he says, It means, that you have a problem, you have taiva. Right? You see, your words are very revealing. This is a shmuz in itself. Maybe tomorrow we'll talk about this. How words are revealing. People don't know themselves so much. But if they pay very much attention to their words, they will learn a lot about themselves. Okay? I always tell people to do an exercise. I don't know if anybody will ever do it, but it's an exercise. And one day, they should take like a Zav voice recorder, has a clip in the back, and they should clip it onto themselves in a place that they don't aware of what it is. And go through the day. And then at night, you can listen over to all your conversations. You will learn a lot of things about yourself. A lot of stuff. Okay? But that's a different schmooze for a different day. So Al Koponim, he says the slip of your tongue, your Freudian slip we'll call it. Right? That means that you're lacking in that mido. You're weak. Okay, now, the cave of Chehoshaphat and since you're not interested in seeing your flaws, Imkain Ein Shir Lahefsid, you never know where it's gonna go. This is a mamish deep Musa. When the Russia, so I can't go so deep in, but when a person has a flaw in his character, you can't say, oh, it has a limit. I have Tyvus notion, but I'm not going to do what, 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 what. I'm saying. No, if you let that Tyvus notion go without being taken care of, if the situation of the Tyva arises, you'll kill a man and take his wife. That's strong words of Ramavinu. You have to cop what's going on here. This is deep stuff. Ramavinu is talking about a king who is a very aristocratic person. The country... Is a very good culture. They have laws. They have moralities, etc., etc. They're just lacking Yiras Hashem. Yiras Hashem means they don't do biramidis, according to the way the Alters learn. And he accuses him that even if he would know it's his wife, I'm accusing you that there's a strong kashash that you will kill me and take my wife, even though it's not a barbaric country. That's a very deep thing in the Yisraelis HaMosim. I can't go into it right now because we're going to daven. But believe that the Messiah Deshmai tomorrow will be Mamshech and the Amkis. Such deep things that the altar is saying about the human being. 
And then we'll go into the next part where he talks about decision making. Okay, we'll stop here for today.